Captain, we have them. We've established Transporter Lock, the Star Trek Discovery podcast. Join Ken and Sabriel each week as they explore strange new episodes, seek out new plots and new characters, and boldly go where no podcast has gone before. Hello and welcome back to Transporter Lock, the Star Trek Discovery podcast. Joining me as always is my co-host, Sabriel. Hello, Sabriel. Hello, Ken. We've been a little bit remiss in airing the show ever since the end of the season one finale. We've been a little depressed about the lack of new Discovery content. But to fill that gap, there's lots of other Discovery content out there. And this week we're taking a look at Star Trek Online, the MMO based on Star Trek. And joining us to have that discussion is the lead designer at Cryptic Studios, Captain Gecko himself, Al Rivera. Hello, Al. Hello, Ken. Hello, Sabriel. Thanks for having me on your uh, wonderful new show. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Excellent. My pleasure. So what is the responsibility of the lead designer for a game? The lead designer is in charge of all the designers, and generally I'm in charge of, of the fun, right? What is the story? What is the gameplay? What is the, what is the experience for the player? We have a lead artist who's in charge of the looks what does it look like and what you know what is it what what the pretty effects and the animations and the environments look like um i'm largely in charge of the story and the you know what kind of ships we're going to make and the pew pew and the explosions and what characters are going to bring in what actors from start from the tv series we're going to bring in uh, what story arcs we're going to pick up uh and i work with the lead artist and the lead engineer and the lead producer to make that happen Wow, and Star Trek Online has been running for, as you said before the show, many years. You've been at Cryptic for even longer than that. You've been a Trekkie your entire life. What Star Trek games did you play before you created Star Trek Online? You already did your homework, huh? (laughs) You already did some homework, yeah. (laughs) We came prepared. I've been here at Cryptic for, um, it'll be 15 years uh, in April. And I've been on uh, Star Trek Online from day one. So I've been on Star Trek Online for nine or about nine and a half years. Goodness. Uh, it's been live for eight years. Yeah, and I've been a Trekkie pretty much all my life. Um, uh, I started when, as far as I can remember, watching TOS. My sister was a big, and still is a big, uh, science fiction nerd. And she got me into Star Trek when, I don't know, five, six or something like that. And watched every every piece of Star Trek that came out. Uh, I didn't, TOS was already, was already out by the time I was watching it. But I watched every TOS episode and then every Star Trek episode that came out after that, after TNG and every movie. So huge Star Trek fan. It's a huge science fiction fan. I mean, I'm not just exclusive to Star Trek, right? Um, so so anything science fiction. I'll watch bad science fiction before watching good drama any day. So <laughs> <laughs> what games did I – what Star Trek games did I play? Um um, I played, uh, uh, my, well, the favorite that before Star Trek online was Voyager Elite Force. That was probably the only one that really, really grabbed me, um, that much. Uh, I had, I had a couple of the technical manuals uh, I still have it. I don't think it runs on windows anymore. The enterprise, I don't know, virtual simulator. You could walk around the entire enterprise technical enterprise technical manual or something. Um, I played one that had John Delancey in it that against Borg. I can't even remember what that one was called. I played um, the one on Xbox. I don't even remember the names. I, I, I feel embarrassed. Um, where you got the uh, Star Trek, you got to play each one of the um, each one of the ships. You start off in in a 
in the enterprise era and you go all the way up through all the enterprises. Oh, I uh, uh, yeah, I forgot what that one was called. Um, so, um, yeah, we played that one. Actually, I played that one uh, a little bit before we started designing Star Trek Online because we wanted to see how they handled shield facings and torpedoes and voiceover work and that sort of thing. Uh, and, and I apologize for not remembering that name. <laughs> I know, Elite, For- Elite Force was the most memorable of all of the Star Trek titles uh, uh, that I can recall. I've, I've played lots of them. I, a lot of them just didn't really leave that much of an impression. I think Star Trek was always a challenging IP to make a game for because it's not Star Wars, right? It's about it's 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 a it's about drama and and the human experience and interactions between characters and that and you lose if you have to shoot something. That's the whole idea of Star Trek. So that's hard to turn into a video game. So I think a lot of video games suffered with that, especially when they were most of the games were dealing with playing as Picard or playing as Kirk or playing as one of the main characters who wouldn't do something. So so they uh, not all the Star Trek games before or previously were you know, we're all that strong. Recently, now we've had a lot of good Star Trek games with Star Trek Online, obviously, and now, you know, even Timelines and uh, Bridge Crew, right? Because it's a, I think things have, uh, things have changed. It's a good time to be a gamer and a Star Trek fan right now. Oh, absolutely. I agree with you entirely. Well, let's just, since this is Discovery Show, let's tie it in with Discovery, uh, Star Trek Online. Discovery gives the opportunity for Star Trek Online to have like actual new TV material, something that hasn't been out there since. Oh gosh, uh, eighteen years or so. Yeah, like, long time. <laughs> what's it like working with all this new material? Hard. It is much harder. Uh, it's very. It's much more exciting and much. Um, but what's hard is that we at Star Trek Online. One of the things that we try to do is we we try to leverage all the whatever fifty you know fifty now fifty one years of Star Trek lore, and. And tell stories about stuff that uh, familiar places, familiar events, things that are in that uh, uh, that are in the show that we've all seen that we really didn't really get to explore fully, or we don't really know where it came from. Like, what do we know about the Iconians? What about those bluegill neural parasites from Contagion and TNG? What were those guys about? What about those creatures from Schisms that tortured uh, Worf and took his arm off, and you know, in 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 in, in, in Solanogen space? What were all these things that happened? What were those mushroomy, shroomy people from Enterprise that were that were experimenting with uh, with with the with Archer's crew? There are all these little loose threads throughout all of Star Trek, and in Star Trek Online, that's where our story thrives. Is we try to take all of those loose threads, all those characters, all those side stories, prequels and sequels, and and tell the story uh, in Star Trek Online. And it's been really strong, and players really love that because they get to really continue to flesh out things that they never you know got to experience before it's much harder with discovery because i'm learning it sometimes just as much as fast as everyone else is learning it um we're getting we're, we're developing a nice relationship with cbs and the and 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 uh and the discovery team um but you know they're 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 there's, you know, we're we're laying down the tracks while the train's coming. <laughs> when it comes to when it comes to discovery, right? Because and also their stories are way tighter, right? They tell a, they basically told a 15, 15 hour movie, right? Is what they did, right? So and it's nice and tight. There's not a lot of dangling threads in the discovery stories. There's, there's definitely some there. There's lots of material, and you can see that in some of the novels that were that are starting to come out. You know, David Mack and and and. Uh, Help me out here. Who's the other writer that just picked up the last Discovery novel? You know, oh, 
Dayton Ward. Dayton Ward, thank you. That's Dayton it. Ward just wrote the second just wrote the second one. Right. So they're picking up stories and they're working really closely with Discovery Team. Discovery has a has a works with third parties. They're they're way more integrated with games and 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 books and comics to keep things very uh very uh keep things in continuity. So but it's still so new, there's not fifty years of stuff to draw from and start, oh, what if this thing over here was related to this thing over here? I got 13 episodes or 15 episodes to work with. So far more challenging. Um, and uh, and it's also, it's live, it's hot. And so there there's a lot more attention to it. It's not like working with TNG where, okay, I can build a case for why I want to build a story this way because of this that happened 20 years ago. And CBS is like, yeah, that sounds fine. Now it's like, no, we can't do that because we're going to do this still coming up in next season or this episode or planning to do this thing. So you can't do that. And so, okay. Yeah. (laughs) So, (laughs) so yeah, so it's far more challenging and uh, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen next year i i have some clues i have some discussions we have some some we get we get sneak peeks on things and we get some artwork and that sort of stuff so but i'm just kind of putting things putting a picture together with 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 only like 10 percent of the puzzle pieces so it's uh so it's definitely challenging but it's really exciting it's really exciting because i love the style and i love the storytelling i love the the art style the ships and and the weapons and the gear and the costumes and the way they redesign the characters and so it's it's um really rich for, for 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 gaming but it'll be it'll be very challenging well all the tv shows since voyager have taken a step backward into the past whereas it's up to the novels and the games like star trek online to look to the future how do you introduce content from the history the past of star trek because discovery is now like 120 years ago in star trek online's timeline how do you introduce old content into the future that is a really good question, <laughs> and it's a really big challenge. Now, it is not insurmountable because it's science fiction and tiny whiny and time travel and that sort of thing, right? And and holodecks and and uh, alternate realities and all that sort of thing. We in Star Trek Online, we you can the main game takes place in twenty four nine, and you can start off uh, as say as a Federation Romulan or or. Or Klingon, but you can also start as a TOS Federation player in Star Trek Online. So you can start in the year um, 2365. You can start out in, and we have an arc, and you play in TOS, and you start off. You know, you 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 play with that style of art, that 60s art, those Constitution class ships and ships that look like uh, the original 60s Constitution class ship. You have the full uniforms, all the weapons, all the gears, and you play out stories there that we leverage from from the original series. And then at the end of that arc, we introduce spoilers. I'll give you guys a little spoilers. Mm-hmm. Um, but you guys had everyone had a year and a half to play now. So we uh, uh, Daniels from Enterprise era. He, you do something that he warns you not to, and as a, as a result, bad things happen. So he takes you out of time and brings you to the future to help with the temporal cold war. That's in the future. So we do some time travel, some timey wimey stuff, and you get to play in the TOS era, and, and then we bring you bring you back forward into the, into our current timeline with the ability to kind of go back and forth. Oh, there's another event because temporal cold war, um, and you go back in time and you do some more TOS stuff. And so we have other episodes. You even get to do the battle of Procyon Five, which is the big battle that happens in the future. 
in that we see in Enterprise. Oh yeah, I remember that. Wow. Yeah, so you actually get to participate in the Battle of Procyon Five in Star Trek Online. So we can see those events, and you're a part of it. And the things that the, or the story that brought you there, we get to see how that happened in Star Trek Online. Uh, we even we even go back in time and go to the Kelvin timeline. We even go to an alternate universe, and we have stories that happen in the Kelvin timeline. And so see those ships and see those characters. We have um, Gat Zero Zero. 0178 or 0718, the android that was in, um, it's in the JJ movies. Uh, he does, yeah. yeah, so he's in our game. We've got his act, that actor, and so he's uh, he's on one of the ships there, and you get to do an adventure with him. So we have lots of ways to get you, I mean, there's Guardian Forever, there's there's time travel sh- stuff, there's, there's time travel mechanics, you can slingshot around the sun, so we take you to different eras you can play whatever era. We have the Enterprise era. We have TOS era. We have Kelvin timeline. We have TNG era. So we have every era of Star Trek is in Star Trek Online, even though the main story happens in 2409. So we will just have to invent a way, one of the old ways or a new way, to get you to experience discovery content um, in Star Trek Online. But that's not going to stop us from just getting discovery assets like we just released you can you can get a cross uh, crossfire class uh ship in starch in star trek online with this complete with a artificial mycelium network spore drive you can get the discovery uniforms you can get the klingon sarcophagus ship you can get the shenzu so you can get a lot of and we're just going to bring a lot more so a lot of the assets and you can so you can role play as that as you like but there's currently no discovery stories in star trek online at this point um, but we were able to get some things in right away it takes a while like there's a lag time right it's like we, we it takes months to make content for star trek online so and right now we're marching towards a deep space nine gamma quadrant expansion that will come out um this summer so the, so we've been working on that for a while so it'll take some while before we get some discovery some more discovery stuff but yeah weaving that in that's uh doctor who crazy tiny whiny <laughs> stuff get to figure a way to make it happen it's not it's not foreign to star trek right right i think some of the tos content i played in star trek online was some of the most fun i've had to be honest so i really love that era so it's cool. yeah because it puts you it immerses you in this world and it's in and and this kind of little pocket universe of star trek that and you can and you can continue to role play as that you can keep wearing the tos uniforms and use tos weapons and tos ships if you'd like and you can play star trek online as your favorite Star Trek, however you'd like. You can play it as a TOS character. You can play it as a JJ character. You can play it as, you know, uh, as a TNG or more Voyager uniforms or <laughs> Wrath of Khan era. So you can kind of stylize your captain however you like. And, and now you can start to do that with Discovery as well. My Andorian captain, she has uh, the Mirror Universe from Enterprise out or uniform. So you have a TOS Andorian in a mirror in a TOS mirror <laughs> uniform. See, yeah. So you can you can do whatever you want in Star Trek Online, and uh, and you know we will we will certainly have discovery themed story arcs and content at some point in the future on Star Trek Online. So you can actually just kind of really really dive into that universe as opposed to just dressing up as one, which is what you can do now. Can you hear me okay? I'm trying yes. to make sure I got the, the oh. mics good distance. Okay, good. You were doing great. Uh, you kind of tipped your toes on some another question I had for you was, did creating the Crossfield, Walker, and Sarcophagus ships create any new challenges you haven't experienced before since now you actually have these shows on TV right now? Yeah, I, it, 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 it did create a really good big challenge that was really interesting. It's a funny kind of a kind of a cute story. Um, CBS sent us a, a hard drive with 
a ton of discovery assets. This was a while ago, um, maybe either right before or right after the first episode launched. I can't remember exactly when. And so they sent us, so we had like all the models, the ship models from, from the show, the original ones and, and certain and other guns and things like that. And some photos of uniforms and, and general art assets for the artists. And at that point, it was new and they were being tight lipped about things and we didn't know about, no one knew about the spore drive yet. And they said, you know, this is, I said, can you tell us what is the ship going to do something different? Is it going to, is it going to, you know, I thought maybe those little, the little rings might separate like saucer separations and fly out like Xena chakras or something. And you could, you know, little, little, <laughs> little pizza cutters would fly out. Oh man. And so I didn't know what it, I didn't know what to do. And I said, you gotta, you know, we gotta, we gotta, we have to finish this. It's we've got only got a couple weeks and you know, or a couple or maybe a month. I don't remember, but there was we were running out of time because we needed to get the ships out in January, the end of January. And they were tight lips as well. As soon as you see the models, you kind of have an idea about what it does, and then we could see when we had the ship that you could spin the spin the the pizza cutter on the uh, on the Discovery, and so it would move because we knew that we had to if we were going to release the Crossfire class that. We couldn't have it not do what was special about the crossfire class. For instance, if you have the Galaxy class Enterprise in our in our game, it has a saucer separation. If you if you uh, if you have the if you have a Intrepid class, you know Voyager ship, it has a blade of armor um, from from, uh, from from the Endgame. show. If, yeah, yeah, from Endgame exactly. If uh, so, we you know we always have whatever's in the show we want to represent uh, you know the, uh, that that the ships can do the thing that was in the show because if this thing does something interesting because they kept telling us yeah it does something cool it does something cool but they wouldn't tell us what it was and then it was i think like the that sunday after i had the conversation with cbs and we got the art and they said you'll you'll uh it then they had the first jump and then we saw what it did i said okay <laughs> Now we know what we got to do, and so we started scrambling to make the art, to make it, to have it animate, and to have the effects to do everything it was. And then, and then a couple episodes later, they did the Lorca maneuver, right, where they jumped in and dropped the torpedoes and jumped out. Mm-hmm. So we made that, and then it did 133 jumps uh, around the sarcophagus ship. So as they were making, as we're seeing it on screen, we said, "Oh, we got to do that too." <laughs> so those Monday morning meetings are quite interesting. Yeah, so we're just <laughs> rushing to 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 get all the things in at the last minute for uh for for that ship which is not something we would have experienced making you know galaxy class ship or or, or whatever so uh or something from the movies so yeah so that's what i mean by laying down the tracks well the train is still the train chain's coming in we we uh it was they they now they're now that they got the first season out, they're a little more relaxed. You know, Discovery did really well, and we showed them our work. And they're really happy, so now they're they're sharing more with us now ahead of time. So it's getting a little okay. easier. But 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 uh, but it's not. I don't have a I don't have a you know, fifteen episode script in front of me. I don't know exactly what's going to happen. So um, we just get little bits and pieces, and as they as they know, as they're completing, we get we get little pieces of information. But yeah, that's that's that was. That was challenging to get that in because we were, you know, it's like, oh, you've got to have it do this on 33. Oh, no, we don't have any time. So we got to do it. Figure out a way. we got to get have it be able to do multiple jumps and hops around like that. Um, so, yeah, that's been a, the, major, the major challenge. It's just working with something that's a live product like this. Um, it's it's uh, 
it's it's error prone, right? Just to <laughs> do you also get to work with the actors if you need some original voice acting or modeling? Well, we haven't worked with any discovery actors yet, but we've gotten about um, twenty or thirty actors from Star Trek for all the series. Uh, in uh, I don't think we have anyone from Enterprise, uh, if I come to think of it. Oh, but you have Daniels. That's right. We have Daniels. So you know we've got we've gotten you know these Crosby as both Tasha Yar and uh, and um, and Sila. We've had Chase Masterson. We've had Michael Dorn. We've got. Uh, uh, almost all of the cast of Voyager in, in the game, and we've gotten and and we started to announce our cast members for for our, our Victory's Life uh, DS9 expansion. Um, so we, we we've got a bunch of those guys, and I think we've announced. I don't want to blow it over here, but because what they because they've only released some of them, but I know we released uh, Alexander Siddig, you know Bashir, and we've announced uh, Odo and. Um, I can't remember who else you announced. Yeah, nothing, Armin Shimmerman. Armin, okay, we did announce Armin. Yeah, I mean, I know who there's in there, but I don't know who we <laughs> announced. So I don't want to accidentally flub and really and, and, and mention someone who's uh, who hasn't been uh, announced yet. Um, but uh, so yeah, so we'll be getting quite a few of the uh, of uh, the Deep Space Nine cast, and then hopefully we'll 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 be able to work with the Discovery cast as well. I don't see it as a problem. Um, it's just a matter of what stories do we want to tell and who who you know who to take get to to make sense to bring in and who wants to work with us and and also who can we afford i mean honestly <laughs> so, there's 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 a money aspect and there's some actors that we just can't touch because they're they're just they're worth too much then when we can then then is worth worth for us you mentioned the ds9 expansion victory is life which is coming out this summer is that exclusively ds9 or is it also might you sneak in a few discovery crossovers well the story arc will be um a very uh, specific Deep Space Nine Gamma Quadrant story, right? The, the, the story that we're telling is is uh, is uh, will involve that cast. We're gonna we're gonna immerse you in immerse you in that in that universe for a while. So um, if there's anything discovery related, it might be tangential and hinting, but it's not gonna be anything distracting. We're not we're not not uh, we're not crossing the streams on this one. It, it, if you played um, our Voyager, our Delta, you know, Delta Rising, our Delta uh, Quadrant expansion. It'll, you know, it'll it'll be like that. We're gonna have stories that are personal to the individual characters from uh, from from Deep Space Nine, and we will, you know, dive deeper into that universe. So this is not a uh, this is not a Discovery expansion. This is a, uh, this this is a Deep Space Nine one. I believe it has the Herc, if I recall correctly. Uh, the anniversary episode revealed that the that the main antagonist is the Herc. Yeah. Uh, for those who don't remember, the Herc uh, had um, Klingons had a big thing with them, like thousands of years ago, I think. Yeah, I think it was one or two thousand years ago. For my, uh, I think it was a thousand years ago. Um, the Herc are the only, the only, uh, the only, the only uh, uh, race that ever defeated the Klingons. And we saw them in, we didn't never saw them, but we saw some, some history of them. They had the sword of Kalos in Deep Space Nine. And that was the episode where, where Worf and I think it was, was it Kor? Or yeah, Kor. I think it was Kor. And, and Jadzia go to find the sword of Kalos in a cave that was a, a Herc outpost of some sort or Herc caves. Um, and, they, and they tracked that down. So we learn a little bit about the Herc. Um, in Star Trek, uh, we know that that Kalos fought the Herc, um, 
and uh, but there's not much in Star Trek lore that tells about that tells about them other than they they attacked the Klingon homeworlds a thousand years ago. They defeated the Klingons and they got the sort of Kalis somehow and never saw them again. So there's a little bit of architecture around, and so that's the kind of thing we like to do in Star Trek Online. We like to pick up those those whoa, what were the Herc? Let's find out. Let's let's explain the Herc, and so we're going to tell a Herc story. So. Um, their history, where they're about, where they're from, what what happened, that sort of thing. So that's the kind of stories we like to tell. So even though Star Trek Discovery is brand new as of just this past fall, the Star Trek franchise has been alive and well for the last decade or so, uh, and longer, especially with the last three movies and then the 50th anniversary. Have you noticed any uptick in Star Trek Online registrations with certain events, like when a new movie comes out or when Discovery premiered? Do a lot of people start playing the games because interest is renewed yes and maybe um so where i'm saying maybe is that it's kind of hard to sometimes tease that out because we purposely time our releases with you know with what's happening in the real world with movies and tv shows so for instance when the last movies come out we make sure our release comes out right with it so that way we we grab that enthusiasm or everyone's thinking about star trek beyond Hey, we've got an expansion that comes out with it too at the same time. So people are actually so so because uh, that was that was the 50th anniversary, and so that was a really big deal. We had a huge uptake on the 50th anniversary, and we had a huge uptake, and because we had big presence in the in Vegas, and we came out with the with the TOS expansion. We got Walter Koenig, we got um, we got James Duhan's uh, son Chris Duhan to play to reprise the role of his father, Chris du- Chris uh-huh. Duhan. And so we got a big uptake there. So we just kind of rode the wave of enthusiasm of everything with the 50th anniversary and the new movie. And then when Discovery came out, we came out, we had our anniversary event. Now we just released Discovery uh, stuff, right, uh, the ships and the uniforms. And there was a lag between PC and console for many technical and, and legal reasons. Um, uh, maybe legal isn't the right word, but uh, just you know, how we work with Microsoft and, and PlayStation. But so the, that content just hit those assets, just hit console. And we got a huge upsurge in console. Uh, so that was, so that we, we can actually see, even though it's kind of hard to measure when we released it at first, because it was tied in with other things. We we're trying to grab the wave. Well, a console is lags behind a couple of months. And then we see, so we can measure the surge there. And so you can see, wow, yeah, there's a huge uptick uptake in, in participation and sales and, and gameplay and users coming into console because of because uh, we released a bunch of discovery assets in there. So um, And we can de- definitely measure the popularity of, say, something like a discovery cross-field class ship versus a random, you know, whatever ship we might have made for the month as far as interest is concerned. You can oh, definitely sure. see. Yeah, I mean, far more people interested in getting a hold of um, the discovery class ships than they were, well, whatever else that we might have made before that. I mean, it's just the nature of the beast. People want to see play what they can see on TV. Yes, they want to see. They want to. They want to see that. They want to be the hero. They want. They. Uh, it's really interesting because you really, when you release something in Star Trek Online, you you really have to hit both the uh, an IP factor, what what really resonates with players, along with really pretty beautiful art and really amazing gameplay, right? Cause every ship we release has a different 
says something different about it. It has a special power. It has different seating arrangements and slots. And, and so you've got to, you've got to hit all three of those and you hit all, if you hit that trifecta, you got to hit at least two, but if you hit the trifecta, then you just, then people go nuts for it. (laughs) (laughs) I just really do. But the, the one that has the most weight is, is the IP recognizability. Definitely. For instance, our galaxy class ship is, is, is a good ship. Um, It is not as powerful as some of our other ships, but it is probably still one of the most popular ships we have in the game because most of our, so many of our players are huge TNG fans. That's large population is of our player base grew up on the next generation. So speaking of recognizable IPs, you've worked on so many over the years, the Sims, you worked on uh, city of heroes and city of villains, which was original IP. You are doing your homework. (laughs) Well, how can I not acknowledge that you worked on one of the best video game consoles ever designed the dreamcast? I did work a little bit on the dreamcast. I I was, I just moved and I just unpacked my dreamcast and I, I got every single Every single Dreamcast game ever made because they just wow. gave us Dreamcast games. So I have like boxes of Dreamcast games. I don't even know what they do. They're still sealed up. Um, and I've got the fishing rod and I got the little gun and a couple different like, and the uh, like Street Fighters. Yeah, I got the Maracas and the Street Fighter <laughs> kind of because uh, um, Soul Calibur was the game that was, you know, at the time that was oh, the sure. best fighter. So I have the, the fighting, the fighting joysticks, the like arcade joysticks. So I was just packing, you know, unpacking those just this past weekend. Um, so yeah, I got to, I never worked on, I was a producer at the time, wasn't a designer. I didn't work on any of the Dreamcast games. I actually worked on, um, I was a producer for this game called Worms World Party, but I was the, I, I was mostly getting it to work on lines. I mostly worked on the, the network, the, uh, the, uh, Dreamcast network, the, and heat.net and dream, the, the, the online network that they had at the time. So that was my, my work there at Sega, um. So yeah, that was that was twenty years ago, twenty something years ago or something. I love the Worms IP. I've played so many games in the series, and there there are so many other games you've worked on that are well known. Like I mentioned, City of Heroes, City of Villains. I'm curious, what makes your experience of Star Trek Online unique? As uh, as uh, I don't mean in terms of what the player or the consumer might notice, but just for you personally, wh- what have you learned about working on MMOs at Cryptic Studio and specifically Star Trek Online? What have I learned about working on MMOs? Um, well, I guess two things come to mind. You say that the first is this would be the first game that I worked on that was a free-to-play MMO, right? Because right, because right when Star Trek when Star Trek first launched, we, we were a standard subscription model like other like previous MMOs, and now free-to-play is uh, is 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 the way the business model works now, and um, it's a really good business model if you do it right. It's a really terrible business model if you do it wrong. Um, if you try to uh, as a note to to other developers out there, if you try to put gameplay and content behind paywalls, people will quit and not play your game. We don't. We never charge for any content in Star Trek Online. We believe in the in the concept of if you're going to go see a movie, you can go see a movie at a matinee and and, and it costs you five bucks. Well, they don't cost five bucks anymore, but they used to cost five bucks. <laughs> Been a while, um, right? Yeah, yeah. Or you could go to. You could go to the evening show at you know seven eight o'clock at night, and you can pay a little bit more, or you can go watch it in IMAX, or you can watch it in IMAX 3D, um, and every one of those gives you the same content, but you pay a little bit more more money for for an enhanced experience, and that's how that's the model we use here. We never say you're gonna can't, we're not gonna let you see the movie, so we you know we we 
we've worked really hard at developing a model which is really fair and so we let you play anything you want we never even bug you about buying anything so people don't even become spenders usually until they're hitting level 50 and level 60 in our game when they feel like you know what i've gotten a really good experience i don't mind dropping 10 20 30 dollars on some stuff for uh to enhance my experience and so that has really changed the way we've done things because if you buy a game for fifty dollars in the store and you play it and it sucks, you feel like you still need to play it because you paid money for it. So you go ahead and you just play through it anyway. If you download and play a free-to-play game and it stinks in the first five minutes, you're just going to stop. So the onus is really on the developers to create a really amazing experience, the best experience you can as possible without turning people away. So um, you don't you don't have their money yet. So you've got to keep delivering a good experience constantly and you want people to stick around so you got to keep delivering a good experience constantly so it's harder work for a developer and you have to really think the way you're developing but i think in the end you actually get a better product the, the consumers get a better product with that model but there are terrible ways to do it. a lot of cell phone games do a terrible job at their okay. model where they just they hit paywalls or yeah you just basically you can't complete this level unless you spend a dollar and get a lollipop to crash something because you're not gonna <laughs> you're just not gonna let you you're just impossible to complete this level we never do anything like that. You can play every piece of content in our game for free. But if you want that Prometheus class ship that separates into three ships, then you know, then an Alpha Beta and Gamma section, then yeah, you can spend some money and you can buy that ship. But you know what? You can still play the game for free with the free ships we give you, or you can come to the, our events and earn a free uh, tier six ship if you part play for you play for a lot and you earn and you earn the, the in-game currency, then you can just get the ship, you can use the ship for participation instead of money and we're fine with that because we get more people in the game and that helps everybody so that has been the number one thing that that i've learned as a developer like how to how to deliver different experience how to build mmos differently than we've had in the past and so there's more business related in those design decisions um the other thing that's fundamentally different about star trek online other than the fact that it's star trek and when 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 I was offered the opportunity to become lead designer, I'm like, uh, hell yeah, because it was Star Trek, and they knew that's they knew I was a huge Star Trek fan at the time, so I, uh, they felt I was a good fit for the role. I've learned a side of Hollywood that I would have never learned before. I've, uh, you know, learning dealing with SAG, uh, SAG after licensing and contracts and. Um, dealing with directly with writers and CBS and getting a chance to meet and and in many cases becoming good friends with a lot of the actors has been has been a real blessing and a real wonderful opportunity to be able to be on stage with with Aaron Eisenberg or Garrett Long on stage and uh, or doing an event with with Denise Crosby in New York or something that's 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 amazing I'll cherish those memories forever Denise Crosby became such a good friend of mine she actually officiated over. Uh, uh, my wife and I's renewal of our vows wedding ceremony on the bridge of the Enterprise in Star Trek Las Vegas. She just dropped that on us as a surprise. I was going to have a friend read read the read the ceremony. She says, "No, I want to do it." And she and she married us on the bridge of the Enterprise. Oh, that's so um, cool! It was so amazing. And and podcasters at the time were there filming it, so they broadcast it live to all the fans. And it was surrounded by Star Trek people dressed in, in cosplay, Star Trek cosplay. There was a Doctor Who there too. I had a Klingon read. I found a Klingon, Andy the Klingon. I always give him a shout out, and he he gave me uh, he read. Um, 
he read, we wrote up Klingon vows. We did a Klingon ceremony too. So he read that out. Total nerd thing, right? Complete uh-huh. nerd Star Trek geek thing. And Denise Crosby married me and my wife, right? And I would have never had that opportunity working on anything else. So it's so it's such a part of my life now. And and you know, and we've, I've made great friends with that I would have never imagined that I grew up watching on TV that now I would have never imagined to. And, and many of them are just really, really wonderful people. There, so, so that's just been a really, really great blessing, and I, 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 I can't, I, there's, there, I can't measure that to anything. So that you know, I can't compare that to anything else ever. So, I'm very grateful for that. That sounds like a, a just a dream come true. No, it really, it really is. It's like, what am I doing? Like, I'm woken up in the morning, and it's like, oh, look, it's a text from you know, JG Hertzler just texted me, or Walter Koenig <sighs> text, you know, is calling me on the phone. It's like so. That's really weird when Chekhov calls you on the phone, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's not normal. It's just so exciting. And so, and I'm so, I, I don't want to see like I'm bragging. I want to really honestly say I'm very, very grateful for that opportunity that, that I've gotten to experience that. So um, that's been, that's been very surreal. Well, Al, this has been an amazing discussion, learning all about the integration of Star Trek Online and Star Trek Discovery and your own experiences at Cryptic Studios and with CBS I'm sure we could chat for hours and hours more, but we want to be respectful of your time. Are there any parting shots you want to share with our listeners before we wrap up? Well, the only thing that I that that I want to say is, uh, you know, a, sh- a shameless plug about uh, Victory of Life, which is uh, coming out in uh, I think we announced June or July um, uh, summer, and we'll, we've announced as far as I uh, we've announced. Renee Aubergeois as Odo and Nana Visitor as Kira, Armin Shimmerman as Quark, and JG Hertzler, of course, as uh, as Martok. And we've got a little teaser picture with one, two, three, four, five, six more silhouettes of actors that we are going to be announcing. So keep an eye on Star Trek Online as we announce those and watch for interviews for them. And we'll be uh, so we'll be recording those characters in the games for an amazing Deep Space Nine Gamma Quadrant experience, Victor's Life, uh, this summer. You get to play as a Jemadar. You don't have to play as a Jemadar, but the story is is there's a story that is told that is telling that that story of the Jemadar and and the threat of the Herc invading the galaxy. So that's going to be a, a it's something that I've wanted to do for years on Star Trek Online is tell a Deep Space Nine story because until Discovery, it was my favorite series of all times. But now Discovery. It still is my favorite of the classics, but Discovery is now my favorite series. So I cannot wait to tell Discovery stories, and they will be coming. So stay tuned. Fantastic. And all that can, of course, be found at PlayStarTrekOnline.com. Al, remind our listeners where we can find you online. You can find me uh, on Twitter, Captain Gecko on Twitter. So that's where you'll, uh, you'll, you'll see me little sneak peeks, and I'll probably take little pictures of voice actors doing their stu- recordings uh, here, and I'll do little audio clips and, and little, little behind-the-scene pictures of what we're doing over here at Cryptic. So Captain Gecko, that's G-E-K-O, no, 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 not, no C in that, just because I didn't know how to spell Gecko. <laughs> <So, laughs> Captain G-E-K-O. Uh, on Twitter. Excellent. There'll be links to all that in the show notes at transporterlock.com. Sabriel, have you had as much fun as I have? I have. This has been an absolute blast. Thank you so much for doing this, Al. Oh, thank you. I'm glad you had fun. I'm sorry. I hope I wasn't too ranty. I hope you, uh, I'm glad you enjoyed yourself. <laughs> There's n- all Star Trek fans are passionate and we're happy to share yours. So thank you. I am very passionate about Star Trek. <laughs> thank you for uh, giving me the time to, uh, to talk about my, my crazy stories. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave a review on iTunes. 
And keep your hailing frequencies open by following us on Twitter at TransporterLock or subscribing to our podcast and email newsletter at TransporterLock.com.